0: The Illinois Association of Chiefs of Police is spending the year highlighting the amazing work the association's committee chairs continue to accomplish. Each month, we will spotlight at least two committees, including a one-on-one interview with the committee's chairperson. Next up is Awards Committee Chair Chief Derek Petticord. This is Episode 2 of Committee Spotlights from Command Talk with the Illinois Chiefs. I've been going around and talking to a lot of the chiefs, um, just getting to know them and figuring out a little bit more about them and of course, um, where it comes to the committees. So I like to start this off pretty easy because it's really just a chat between the two of us. Okay. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: All right, my name is Derek Petticord. I am from Chicago Heights, Illinois. I was born and raised there, which is a adjacent town to Glenwood. I went to Bloom Township High School, graduated in class of 1992. After that, I went to the service I wanted to serve, so I joined the United States Navy. I wanted to travel and adventure, so I did that. Uh, I was active duty for five years. I came back to this area, started working uh, security jobs uh, while also testing to be a police officer. I, I grew up kind of, you know, always wanted to be a police officer as, you know, watching Chips and Starsky and Hutch, those things. So I was wanted to, uh, I, I didn't want to... I wanted a, a, a career with you know a little less ordinary a little more adventure you know uh, something i did not want to be you know I, uh, stuck in a, in a in a desk to start with that was for sure um so i, I started out with the global police department as a patrol officer then i became a detective and then uh after that i got promoted as sergeant um uh, back to the street for a little while. I I loved my first half of my career. I loved, you know, just doing police work. And I'd say that honestly, I enjoyed the the helping people part of it for certain, but I was, you know, and the colleagues that I ran with, we were more the uh we were running gun and chasing the bad we wanted to catch bad guys go after the, the guns and drugs you know uh I got fortunate I was on the Salisbury Major Crimes Task Force so I got to work homicides so I, had, I re- really just just enjoying you know police work. Um I had, I had absolutely no intention for administration. Um what happened uh how I came got on the the, the chief's path is I was Probably the only sergeant who was not out of town on vacation, when we had a a sudden chief's vacancy, the mayor at the time came to me and said, all right, sergeant, you're uh, you're the only person of rank here. We're a small department, about 25 people. We need you to be the interim chief for a few weeks while we do a a search and get another chief in here. Okay, all right. Fortunately, I had been through staff and command, so I... I had that knowledge there that i was that helped me tremendously, um, and then what I thought was going to be a couple weeks turned into about a year, and so by by that time I could not wait to get back to being a detective sergeant, and, and I I did that you know I, I did an interim chief for about a year went back to investigations a couple of years later same predicament again, and I must have done a decent job because they came and asked me what I be the interim chief for uh, another stint for a couple months while they did a search, and I did that. They uh, brought in Chief Demetrius Cook as the uh, full-time chief, and he asked me if I wanted to remain on as a deputy chief. At that point, I was hesitant because I, I truly enjoyed being an in investigation division and doing that kind of work, but he gave me the opportunity to oversee the investigation division and also remain part of our area attack unit and, you know, be part of the chain, uh, training cadre and oversee that. And I was, well, that's, that's a, a deal I just can't pass up, so... <laughs> Fast forward 10 years as a deputy chief. Chief Cook retires from Glenwood and uh, the mayor uh, chose to appoint me as a chief. And that's it's been about a little over four years now. So that's 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 how my path to this position came to be.
0: How long have you served in law enforcement?
1: That's my 24th year.
0: What changed your mind really um, about, because you are saying originally you weren't wanting to be a chief at all. You just want to stick to that. Uh, what really changed your mind to make you want to go with the chief position? Well,
1: I had, when I became the chief or right, about that, I had about 20 years on the job. So I had realized at that time, you know, we had new officers coming in and as much as I wanted to stay part of you know, the investigations, the high speed stuff, I knew that it was time, you know, I had the time had passed where the, the torch was passed on to them. And I wanted to be able to to better the department, to better them, the new officers, to help develop them and to watch, you know, the, the department grow. And I wanted, I, with my knowledge of the town, I felt I could, you know, be in a good position to help the town and the officers in the village move forward, continue to move forward in a positive direction, you know. <laughs>
0: That's great. It sounds like uh, you're in the right place at the right time with all of this. (laughs) And you still get to do what you love, and that's great, which is helping people. Exactly. Um, So what kind of uh, schooling did you do for the position? You said something that you've done some training with leadership and things like that, but what kind of degrees did you um, pursue originally or did you pursue once you uh, obtained the positions?
1: Uh, Originally, I was fortunate that uh, the the chief at the time, uh, when myself and a few other officers made, made sergeant, uh, Chief uh, Kevin Walsh, he put us all through staff and command, and that was uh, a good foundation to build upon. And then uh, further on, uh, we also went through the uh, you know, ex- executive developments through Northwestern. Um, another, when I became the chief, another great program that I went through was actually the ILACP. Uh, chief certification process. So preparing and going through that, you know, really helped me, you know, learn, exposed me to different ideas or different uh, topics that I wasn't uh, 100% familiar with or, you know, it brought to light new things. So that was just even preparing, preparing for that whole program and going through it was a great learning process as well as attending the the new chief's police orientation. I did that uh, shortly after being appointed chief. And uh, even to this day, you know, I, I reference all those classes and all the materials as, as as things come up along the way.
0: What training would you say is key for officers wanting to become a chief?
1: Oh, oh, well-rounded training. Uh, everything from you want to... Community policing topics are great. Um, any leadership or supervisory skill courses that you can take. I um, like uh, if you have experience, you know, it, it, through uh, critical incident training, um, if you're familiar with ho- homicide investigations are uh, run, those are important. Um, certainly criminal justice programs.
0: that kind of brings me up to another point Uh, who have been some of your mentors uh, when it came to just going through the ranks of law enforcement, who really um, stuck out in your mind as being someone who made a huge difference in your career.
1: Okay. Well, I would have to, uh, to, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to leave somebody out. There's been, I've had a lot of great mentors throughout the years. I, you know, starting out with one of my, uh, my F- first FTO is Bill Cranston, he uh, he taught me a lot as a, as a new officer, the sergeants I worked with at the time, uh, Deputy Chief Aldemar, who retired from the Global Police Department. Um, most recently, obviously, I served. I served under Chief Demetrius Cook. I got to work on directly under him for ten years, so he was, you know, a, a tremendous amount of knowledge and experience I learned from him. We worked through together through a lot of problems. So, um, and there's you know various chiefs throughout our whole network that you know we all help each other, and I learn from them. Um, you know, we bounce ideas off of each other's because at some point the problems that I have, or they have someone's came across and, you know, they solved it one way or the other. So we always get good advice from each other. Um, Yeah. There's, you know, I'd have to, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. I'm sure I have, uh, you know, officers from other agencies. I even learned, you know, to this day, I, I still believe, you know, it's better to be green and growing than ripe and rotting. So even if there's a, a new officer that comes, you know, fresh out of the academy, if he goes to a, a new class that was developed within the past couple of years, he's gonna, I'm going to ask him about it. And he's going to tell me things that, you know, I'll learn from that, you know, and uh, maybe I'll, you know, research the topic more. So there's a, uh, you know, wealth can be knowledge you can gain, you know, from the more experience, even to the new officers, you know, everybody's got something to offer. I, I try to learn something new every day. Like, you know, I'm sure everybody says that, you know, but it's important to realize that you can get information from, you know, certainly your more senior chiefs who have been experienced. You know, that's, you can't discount that. And even the the newer officers and everyone in between.
0: Continued education is such an important thing for all positions, but especially in your department um, when it comes to law enforcement, because things are always changing. Laws are always changing, as we found out this year. (laughs) Things are always changing. So continued education is so important. It's one of the things I want to focus on here um, as deputy director of the Illinois Association of Chiefs of Police. I think that'll even be a a big um, issue in our next magazine um, that comes out here this spring. So I I love that you're all about the education and continuing it um, and continuing to learn such a big, important thing. Um, How long have you uh, been with the association?
1: Um, Probably... 10 years or so at least as a start out as a deputy chief and then I had membership as a deputy chief and then you know, I continued on to the current
0: So that brings me to the next topic. I mean, this is a committee spotlight after all, but I do like to highlight the people who are chairing those committees because your career is just so expansive and you have so much uh, knowledge to share with everyone. And I love just to get to know all the chiefs out there. Um, That's a constant work in progress, but everyone I've met has been so wonderful and so interesting. Um, So I do like to start them off that way. So you are the chair of the awards committee with the association of chiefs of police. How long have you been the chair of that committee?
1: I'd say this is, I've just completed my first year. I came on at the, uh, er, in early 2022.
0: What do you think so far?
1: <laughs> you know, it's a great, great chair because, uh, Position because we get to see all the good stuff, all the extraordinary and heroic work that, you know, our our officers throughout the state are doing, you know, someone with, if I had had not been in this position, I might not be aware of, you know, something that someone in Southern Illinois does or something in the far Northeast corner or Northwest corner does. But part of this chair is we get, you know, the submissions for the award nominations. We get to read through those and just, you know, and, you know, read what's happening. And, you know, and it's a lot of great things are being done through officers throughout the state.
0: What are some of the goals that you have um, as the chair of the awards committee as you enter in kind of the second year of your term? What are some of the goals that the awards committee has?
1: Well, we want to continue to promote and grow and grow the program, as well as raise awareness and participation in the Illinois Association of Chiefs of Police. Um, what we started out last year, myself and the fellow committee members, we th- thought that there were you know a couple of categories that weren't recognized, and so we worked with uh, the committee or the board, and we got a couple of new award categories put in there, uh, being the. Uh, meritorious unit uh unit commendation or citation for uh task forces we got a investigator award put in there as well as uh a uh ilacp participation with the uh naacp like the uh, the the 10 shared principles award which is important to put in there so those were uh some things we we, we wanted to get done last year and we got them done but moving forward you know we want to, continue to uh, put out the good work that the officers are doing to raise, you know, trying to do it as public as, you know, as public as possible to make the, the citizens of the state, you know, aware of the good work that that is, you know, to promote our law enforcement, Um, it's good for public relations, also, you know, recruitment, retention, especially at this period of time, you know, we need to highlight the good work that's being done to counter some of the negative aspects that are out there that sometimes get highlighted. Unfortunately, you know, know, nobody, nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop. So we want to Put our, our good work out there and showcase that. Another important thing that we do on the committees we have to we we each act independently of each other. We review it. We want to make sure that we may maintain the the value and integrity of the awards themselves. You know, we just don't want to rubber stamp you know awards, but we'll vet them to make sure that you know they're they're all deserving and to keep the standards in place.
0: So this coming year, uh, what's a big goal for this one? Um, You just did all those new awards, but what's coming up next? What's next for the awards committee?
1: Well, To, to continue to spread the word, to gain membership, to get more and more departments to participate and submit their uh, nominations for, the, for these awards. Now we have them in place. Now we want to get the nominations for them, so we can, you know, recognize those who fall into this category, <laughs> into the into the uh, the new awards and the past awards that were still out there, and to make sure that uh, the officers are recognized, you know, for uh, for their outstanding work.
0: So how do you plan to achieve that goal this year? Are you guys going to be doing anything special to kind of put the word out a little bit more or to get more of those nominations?
1: going to work with you on our social media presence uh, to get that out at the the, the various chiefs meetings that we all go to. Yeah, through, uh, through networking and social media and just, through, you know, uh, embracing the modern technology, you know, more more than word of mouth, you know. But, yeah, throughout uh, the publications, through the, uh, the magazine that comes out.
0: And that kind of coincides with my next question, which is what are some of the biggest challenges <laughs> of the awards committee?
1: Well, a good challenge that we have is there are we get a lot of good, good. Uh, submissions for for uh the extraordinary work that's that's being done out there so that's a, a good problem to have to to go through there and uh determine what uh what awards are uh, to be you know presented and given out um you know again making sure that we we keep the integrity of the awards as well
0: what process do you go through when it comes to keeping that integrity of the awards and the people who are nominated that you end up choosing?
1: Well, every person who, uh, every chief that submits a nomination has to submit, uh, supporting documentation reports, uh, any news clippings, any, you know, sometimes we get, uh, uh, videos of, of incidents we can review and, uh, each of us, we'll get a spreadsheet of all the nominations, what what the officer is being uh, nominated for. And we also have a a criteria checklist that we can compare what we're reviewing to, to the criteria. And then we all make a determination. There's five of us. And so if the majority award, you know, Award someone something, then that's what we go with. You know, we don't get together. We don't influence each other's decision. How it gets disseminated out from me and then it gets sent back to me and I just go through to make sure to uh, tell you who gets, uh, you know, to make sure that every candidate for the award has the appropriate um, acknowledgments from the members and if so, they are awarded that, or we recommend to the board that they receive said award.
0: Switching gears just a little bit, um, we're gonna just go to law enforcement in general. What challenge do you see uh, police departments facing today?
1: May or may not have heard about the recruiting and retention issue. <laughs> But uh, that is that is a big one. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's probably, that's one of the challenges I'm sure we're all facing. And as we talked about at the meeting back in uh, I think last month in, in Springfield, you know, we need to you know maybe look at our how our military is doing its recruitment and do something like possibly that for the state where we just, you know, recruit for law enforcement as a career for the whole, maybe not specifically, you know, each department is recruiting for themselves. Now, Maybe we get the whole, the the chiefs association of the state as a whole to recruit for the general profession in general, to get these young people who are going to be the future of tomorrow's law enforcement into these fields. Um, You know, we have to look at doing, you know, things, um, you know, some towns have college requirements, which I'm not opposed to. We had that. We recently got rid of that, not because we don't think it's important, but we've come to find out that, you know, we're, there are candidates that who could be good officers that we're, we're, we're excluding by, by having that requirement. You know, for example, you have, you could have, we could have someone who's 22 or 23 that, recently just, you know, finished their tour of duty in the military, but has not yet accomplished their those college requirements, but could be a good candidate to become here. That's why we offer at our department uh, continuing education support. So officers who are going, can be hired, start going through school, you know, they get, uh, you know, reimbursement through the village. <laughs> so that's one thing, but um, we also have to make sure that... We keep our standards high. You know, you, you can't lower the bar because if you do that, you get bad policing. You have to. We have to find creative ways to get people in here without lowering our standards.
0: Continued education, again, just such an yeah. important thing. And to make sure you're getting people in and helping them get that continued right, education yeah. is huge. Oh, um, absolutely. I, I think it's a it's a bold, smart move on Department's part to be able to hire some of these who might not meet the bachelor's degree requirement, but then help them achieve those goals. I think sure. that's very important. Um, you guys are doing commendable work with that. Um Well, this kind of transitions to the next question I have. Um, I know the challenges that we're facing today with departments is recruitment and retention. So what do you think the future is gonna look like when it comes to policing? I
1: think that uh, we're going to see more automation possibly you, you can't replace a, a human officer but maybe you can replace you know a human officer doing a stakeout for certain things such as you are probably already seen the, uh, the LPR license plate reader cameras coming up um, the shot Detection devices; those are all tools that are, are to help supplement uh, departments, your agencies, by not having a physical officer there. But the, uh, the objective data is getting collected. Um, again, technology is going to keep moving forward, and as you know, that advances to an extent, it's, be, it's becoming an expectation when it comes to juries, states, attorneys, and, and the public that some of that stuff exists when it might not always exist for every case. So that's that's another challenge. You know, technology is great when it's there, but there's sometimes we find that when it's not there, you know, that's just not a good enough explanation for someone if we say, hey, there's just literally no cameras or no uh, shot spotter in this area, you know, so it's, overcoming that can be a challenge for some uh, instances, but, uh, you know, again, you know, technology i think is you know obviously we're seeing it now it's going to continue to grow and grow and we're going to have to be adaptable and, and come to you know and go adapt along with it which you know we we've had uh one of the things that the, the safety act the requirements of the body cameras we've had body cameras at our agency since 2018 and, they, and they're just a great tool i they help tremendously whether it's you know evidence at a crime scene documented interactions between officers and citizens. I I can't say enough good stuff about the experience we've had with them.
0: That's great. Um, just, uh, we're wrapping things up just a little bit. And I like to kind of go with, do you have any tips or words of wisdom for chiefs?
1: Well, I've only been a chief for four years. So, but what I can say is, uh, Networking is, is important, you know, attending the chiefs meetings whenever you can. I know that in the chief spot, you know, you have a lot of meetings and sometimes it's just about meetings to happen when we're going to have the next meeting about. But it is good to get together and attend these meetings with your peers to bounce ideas, to troubleshoot problems, because you know, what's happened to me has probably happened to some other agency or the challenge that I have. Somebody else along the way has had that challenge or some another chief might point me in the right direction. Um, and it's good just to know that you're not sometimes you could feel like you're, you're on an island by yourself. But when you get out amongst your peers, you, you, you know, it's it's good to hear that. It's good for your morale. Um, Again, yeah, I can't say enough good things about going through the ILACP voluntary chief certification process. Um, the study, the, the preparation, the studying that I did for that for the new chiefs, if you haven't gone through, you know, it, it's a great, there's a great value in that. And it, it gives you a lot of resources at hand to have, you know, from uh, legal matters to labor law. Um, it's a great program. I highly recommend that. Also, the new chiefs orientation Again, uh, you know, keep learning, uh, again, you know, you can, like I said, you can learn something new every day from the most senior officers, most senior chiefs to the new officers. They all bring something along. Um, always, the best thing, build, build and develop your staff and always your officers help them whenever you can, whether it's something personal or professional life, you know, help them and that'll come back, you know, tremendously, you know, build morale, and that's that's a great thing to do, you know, whenever, you know, if you have an opportunity to help an officer, you know, for example, we have <laughs> So one officer's car broke down, you know, recently. So we let him take a squad home for the night to get home, so we didn't have to run a car, or a taxi, or something like that. Just the little things like that, or even bigger things when need be, if you can within within reason. Um, you know, continue to develop and train your department because overall, that will help every chief out. You know, the better and more professionally developed the department is, is uh, you know, worth its weight in gold. Um, yeah, and then last you know not lastly but you know another key thing is is community policing you have to uh <laughs> Make sure you develop and cultivate relationships with your your residents, your businesses, your schools, and all stakeholders that are in the uh, in, in the community you serve. Um, you know, community partnerships events such as National Night Out, um, Shop with a Cop, Coffee with a Cop, with a Lunch with the Law. Um, we do we do those things. We do uh, Cops and Bobbers, where we take our school kids fishing a couple times a year. Um, those are great, you know. You, whatever you want to do, you know, to build a stockpile of, uh, of support from your community, you know, that's that's important because the police department, the community working together is a force multiplier, and we all have the same common goals to have a, a safe community where you know people can work, live in peace, and, and enjoy themselves. So. That's, that's my rant.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a rant, it's your passion. That's what I would say. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add when it comes to um, policing or the awards committee before we kind of sign off?
1: Uh, just, uh, you know, consider, you know, look back at the past year for the, you know, the uh, chiefs to their officers and, you know, submit if they think that uh, they have officers who are deserving awards, please submit your uh, submissions, your nominations to us. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And just, I just, you know, thank the, uh, the other officers who are on my committee, uh, Deputy Chief Woolbanks, Deputy Chief Chris LaRue from South Holland, Chief uh, Leanne Chlepus of Frankfurt and retired Chief Mike Gillette from Round Lake.